Hello and welcome to Piecing the Parsha Together. Last week's Parsha was Parsha Shmini. And Parsha Shmini contains one of the few narratives in Sefer Vayikra, the story of the inauguration of the Mishkan and the death of Nada ben Avihu. And then the Parsha concludes with the laws of Kashrus, the animals that can and cannot be eaten, and other rules related to Tuma Tahara, some, of, some as they apply to kosher and non-kosher animals. Is there a connection to this? <clears throat> and the answer might have to do with seeing what the inauguration of the Mishkan itself can represent. So, the first korban that Aaron is told to bring is a calf as a sin offering. Rashi will say that has to do with providing atonement for the Egel Hazahav. Okay? And a few psukim later, there's an allusion to Aaron being reluctant to come forward. And Moshe says, Hakrev to the Mizbeach. Come close. Again, Rashi comments that Aaron is afraid, is embarrassed as a result of the Chet This comment of Rashi comes from the Torah's Kahanim. And <clears throat> earlier, in Vayikra, in last week's Parsha, it says, Kach es Aaron, or take, Rashi says, is with words. <clears throat> You've got to persuade him this is what should be done. And again, this is also from the Mechilta, from the Torah's uh, Kohanim, the Mechilta Medimiluyim, earlier, and it's, again, a reluctance of Aram. As a result of the Chet Ha'egel, the sin of the golden calf. So, we see that <clears throat> there's a certain rectification of the Chet Ha'egel. However, <clears throat> there's a, another aspect of the Chet Ha'egel going on. And that... <clears throat> will come from our own sons. At Harsinai, Moshe will say, Hashem sought to destroy Aaron, and the destruction of Aaron had to do with his children. Moshe prays on Aaron's behalf, or Aaron's children's behalf, and he's able to save two of them. But not not of an Avihu. What else do we know about Nadav and Avihu earlier? It says that <clears throat> at Harsinai, there was in Parshish Mishpatim, it talks about <clears throat> eating and drinking, and it says Hashem didn't send his hand to the Atzile, which is the nobles. <clears throat> and again, the idea is he doesn't want to mar the joy of Mat and Torah with the deaths of Nadav and Avihu.
So Nadav and Avihu are punished here at the inauguration of the Mishkan. And it's not necessarily <clears throat> that Nadav and Avihu commit a heinous crime, results in death. The Meshachachma has a comment that if we're talking about rectifying the Chet HaEgel, Chas anyone would think, which is all too common, I think, what the Nevi'im will say, and criticize Ibn Israel that you can sin, and you can mistreat people, and what do you do? You bring a korban, you offer a donation of some kind. Ibn Israel constructed the Beis HaMikdash. The opulence of it is described in the end of Sefer Shmos. So the Meshech Chachma says that once we're trying to get back to the level of Har Sinai, no one should think that it's easy to do that. And Hashem is mevater, is the comment of the Meshech Chachma. So this sin of Nadav and Avihu is punished strictly. And again, there's a linkage because of something that happened at Maimon Har Sinai, and in particular the Chet HaEgel of Aaron. So we can look at the Chanukah HaMishkan in Parsha Shmini as an attempt to try to get back to the level of Maimon Har Sinai, the level of Har Sinai before the Chet HaEgel. And Aaron is concerned about that, as is alluded to in several places in Vayikra. And there'll be a settling of scores, not of an avihu. Uh, their error, in one way, can, can atone for part of uh, what Hashem thought needed to happen to Aram, and also can atone for their own, in some ways, shortcoming of their conduct at Maimon Harsinai. So that's the first part of the Parsha. As far as the second part of the Parsha, we have again the laws of Tumat Tahara and Kashras and the comment of the Sforna, which I think mine have been mentioned last year as well, that we're talking about Kedusha. And he says before, they didn't need any kind of intermediary to B'nai Yisrael and Hashem. They're following the Chet Egel, they will, and that is the Mishkan. And the Sforno adds <clears throat> that there's also some sort of spiritual refinement that is going to be required. And the way to attain holiness is from refraining from eating non-kosher animals and the rest of the laws of Tum Tahara that are mentioned in Parsha Shmini as well as Tazria Mitzorah. And that is how they will be able to attain holiness. So, the end of the Parsha says that they're supposed to be holy. And that's the whole reason that Bnei Israel taken out of Mitzrayim, very apropos following Pesach. And <clears throat> this is, you know, the Swarno says, this is how they'll be able to directly interact with Hashem. You can have a, a sort of a positive, build a Mishkan and a negative, refraining from 
um, Tumah Tahara. And the holiness here at the end of the Parsha does not make reference specifically to the Mishkan, and therefore perhaps this is a message that can reverberate even when there is no Mishkan. So we have an attempt here for Israel to get back to Harsina, and in some way they do. And if there was an issue of Aaron and Anav and Avihu at Harsina or the Chet Egel, that is resolved. And then there's a second aspect of, of spiritual refinement uh, from the laws of Tum and Tahara that has to be kept, but it can go even a step further. And that step further is that the laws here of, of holiness may apply even if there is no Mishkan, because ultimately at the end of the Parsha, the Mishkan is not mentioned. In the weeks after Pesach, <clears throat> leading to Shavuos, the idea of people trying to strive higher is obviously appropriate in what everyone should be trying to do. So we can take the lessons of, of this Parsha, the idea of trying to refine ourselves, work on ourselves, and elevate ourselves, and hopefully take it forward. Wish everyone a wonderful Shabbos. I thank you all for listening. See you next time.